0: I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here as always. You'd have to bear with us a little this week. We are back in our live studio here at WDET after weeks in the engineering booth. We had a little accident here a couple months ago. A water, a flood that, uh, that caused us to have to rebuild major portions of the station. And today is the first day that I can be back in the, spot, in, the pot, in the spot, in the chair, where I normally do the show, uh, so uh, we uh, we are back and uh, going ahead with uh, with the show as we normally do. But there's going to be a little differences this week. Uh, we don't have phones yet in the new studio, and so you know uh, you the listeners are such a big part of the program, such a big part of the conversations that we have here. Uh, but we want to make sure that you continue to be able to participate. So go to the WDET Facebook page or on Twitter, hashtag us at Detroit Today or hashtag Detroit Today in order to send us the comments that you would normally pick up the phone and call and participate with. Uh, Going to be a little different and we'll try to incorporate those comments into the into the into the program uh, the way we normally do. Uh, but uh, next week on Monday, we will be back at full strength, and we will be back with everything to normal, and you'll be able to pick us pick up the phone and call us at that number, 313-577-1019. We need to take a quick break uh, so that I can uh, get a couple things done here in prep for the show. When we come back, we are going to talk about this – Uh, issue in Lansing of changing the rules about whether cities can sue the state after Flint decided it wanted to sue over the water crisis. So stay with us on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for being here. The city of Flint was recently considering suing the state of Michigan for the water crisis in the city, but the advisory board that still oversees the city of Flint after the removal of the emergency manager, recently voted to prevent the city from being able to file that suit. How is that possible? And what recourse does the city have when it comes to this kind of government-created catastrophe? Up front, we want to talk with Paul Egan, a reporter at the Detroit Free Press, who wrote today about this action. Paul, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Good morning, Stephen.
0: Hey. Uh, so uh, tell us what, what the sort of process looks like here. I mean, I think uh, y- you look at the headline, you read the story, and you think, well, wait a second. You can't change the rules in the middle of the process. Uh, we have uh, constitutional protections against those kind of things. Uh, that's not the way it's supposed to work. Talk about how it worked here and why why it's allowed to happen.
1: Well part of it is that this is uh, Flint specific this isn't uh, this isn't this doesn't apply to all cities in Michigan Flint really is still under partial control of the state of Michigan when the emergency manager uh, left at uh, in March of two thousand fifteen he was replaced with a transition advisory board and uh, it still has power to uh, approve and also affect certain policy changes and decisions and so it was this board which is appointed by and serves at the pleasure of the governor that uh, that made this change
0: and and uh, but the very nature of that what you just said the idea that this affle- affects flint and not other cities seems to be what what is offensive about it in other words uh, we're not going to make a change in the law that would affect everybody equally. We're not going to go through the process that we would normally have to have t- in order to do that. We're going to ad hoc take one city and its residents and deny them uh, uh, deny them an avenue that everybody else in the state has. Why is that? Why is that? Uh, why is that okay?
1: Well, it, it certainly is offensive to to many. People, Stephen, and you know, obviously, this gets into legalities and and under the the Constitution, really, cities are basically creatures of the state. And as we saw in the recent um, Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling that upheld the emergency manager law itself, you know, they basically said that um, that uh, you know, city residents don't even really have a basic right to vote for a local government that uh, that uh, the local government is is basically something that's created by the state and right. the state can basically uh administer it um you know i think within certain limits as it, as it pleases
0: yeah and and uh, that ruling uh, of course uh, I, I wasn't surprised I think by the outcome of that ruling given the nature of the relationship between cities and state government this however seems to 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 go yet another step further in that in that direction and say uh we can make the rules up sort of as we go which uh which I I would argue that the sixth circuit the ruling did not uh did not uh, say um what do, what do officials in flint say about uh th- this move to deny them that uh that right
1: um they're not happy about it uh steven you know this happened you know quite quietly you might remember it was in march that uh that the city filed this notice of intent to sue and at the time they said you know we really don't have any plans to sue but again under state law the city any any potential plaintiff has a limited amount of time after learning of a potential uh potential harm that's been done to them there's a limited amount of time that they can they can give notice of intent to sue or else they'll lose that uh they'll lose that ability to sue forever and so on on what they believed was the very last day they could do it just to reserve their rights they served notice uh in on march 24th that uh that uh, they were going to reserve their right to sue the state over the poisoning of the water. And uh, this was right at the time that uh, the legislature was considering uh, significant more funds for, for the Flint emergency. Um, A lot of the legislators were fairly, uh, you know, furious about this and said, you know, so, um, you know, basically it was, it was just, it was actually one week later on March 31st and without, um, you know i'm i'm certain that the the city gets notice of these of these um advisory board agendas but you know a lot of these things are worded uh you know it this didn't jump out to you they didn't there wasn't an item on that on the on the agenda that said uh we're going to remove your your ability to sue the state uh uh it it, it was part of a so a kind of a lengthy and complex changes to city administrator powers and so anyway the... um uh, they're, they said they're they're not happy about it. They're concerned about the timing and what effect it may have on other other um, you know issues with the city. Obviously, they can still sue as long as this board signs off on it. Right. So you know, but it it can affect uh, you know the city's having this dispute over over waste collection right now. I mean, other other issues may arise, but certainly on on this is the most fundamental issue facing the city right now. They could not. Um, they could not, you know, decide tonight that they're going to sue the state over over the water crisis, and then and then go and do it tomorrow. Yeah.
0: Uh, talk about the state side of this. What uh, obviously the the idea was to protect the state from from the suit or from liability with regard to uh, this this really calamitous set, series of decisions. Uh, but but again, the the optics are are so garish and 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 so uh sort of unequal what what do state officials say about what's their defense for having done this? well you know it's
1: interesting they don't uh they don't they don't willingly connect the dots although they don't seem to deny it either they said you know this was part of a A bigger change to give the city council more involvement in important decisions along with the city administrator but they say yes at the same time we did clarify that in order to settle or initiate legislation they have to first get approval from the state appointed board and um, they also made a comment that that really you know I asked uh, whether this board was acting in the interest of the state or in the or in the interest of the city of Flint which you know, seems to be the the basic question here: Who are they really acting in the best interest of? And the state said uh, that they feel, even in, in taking this action, that they're acting in the interest of both the city and the state. And yeah. certainly, that will be up to dispute from uh, you know many Flint residents and others.
0: Sure, and that's well, that's a real tension that we see between cities and the state, not just in this context, but but in others. This idea of whose interests. Uh, whose interests are, are, are being advocated by whom? Uh, is the state uh, supposed to look out for the interests of, of cities uh, the way and their residents, uh, the way that it looks out for the whole state? Or are cities sort of in an opposing position to the state trying to assert the right of citizens uh, over state policy? And it, it seems like this is certainly an aggravator of that tension.
1: Yes, and I, I think part of what the city finds offensive is that it's this paternalistic aspect to it, you know, because really you have Mayor Weaver, uh, you know, all through this process has really been very reluctant to throw rocks at the states, re- realizing that, you know, the main thing is to get this problem addressed, yes. that she needs to work with the state officials and through state officials with federal officials, and and so... She takes an action to protect the city's rights down the road. Again, right. saying she has no intention of suing, and then you have the state basically say, "Well, we don't, you know, we don't trust you to exercise that judgment in a uh, in a responsible manner. Therefore, we're also going to change the rules so that you really can't act unilaterally without without us giving the say so." And I think that's part of what um, part of what the mayor and the administration and and many in Flint find somewhat offensive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Paul Egan, reporter with the Detroit Free Press. Thanks for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. All right. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about this tension between the city of Flint and the state of Michigan over whether the city might be able to sue Uh, the state over the Flint water crisis. We're going to talk with Rick Pluta of the Michigan Public Radio Network next on Detroit Today. And stay with us and go to our Facebook page or hashtag us on Twitter, Detroit Today. Participate in the conversation. No phones this week. We'll be back on phones next week. You can still be a part of the program on Facebook and on Twitter. Stay with us on Detroit Today.
1: WDET brings Detroit to you.
0: News that affects you and the music you love. Every day. Every day.
1: On 101.9 WDET.
0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. Uh, we are back in our live studios this week for the first time in several weeks. Weeks, a month or so ago, we had a flood that caused us to have to reconstruct major parts of the station, and I've been broadcasting from our engineering booth for the last several weeks. We're back in the live studio this week, though, and it's nice to be back in a comfortable spot in a familiar chair. Uh, the one thing, though, this week is we don't have phones yet, and it'll be another week until we can sort of include you back in the program that way. But meanwhile, uh, you can go to our Facebook page, WDET uh, on Facebook, or hashtag us, Detroit Today, on Twitter to participate in the program. You have a thought about what we're talking about, something you want me to know, go to the Facebook page or to Twitter and put it in there. And we'll try to incorporate that into the show. Uh, only one week that we've got to do it this way. Uh, and then we'll be back, all all live in the live studio with the phones, and of course with you as part of the conversation. We were talking in the first segment about uh, the state changing the rules uh, under which the city of Flint might be able to file a suit against the state for the Flint water crisis. Uh, last minute, they decided that uh, no, we're not going to. We don't trust the mayor of Flint, to be able to make that decision. Uh, Now I'm going to talk with Rick Pluta. He is the Capitol Bureau Chief of the Michigan Public Radio Network about this story and the larger context of cities and states, how they work together, how they can't work together in Michigan. Rick, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, yeah, can oh, you hear me? There you go. There we go. Okay. All right. All right. We're still we're still working out the kinks here. <laughs> we'll have it all fixed by next Monday, I promise.
2: There is in fact one phone line. And I'm
0: honest. <laughs> There's one phone line that's working, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Rick, uh, talk to me first about the particulars of this suit. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's unusual. I think it it raises serious questions of uh, equal protection and due process. Uh, the idea mm-hmm. that you single out a city to have to be dealt with differently uh, from all others. Uh, and I think that mm-hmm. goes a step beyond, for instance, the emergency manager process, which applies to everybody. Uh, the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals explained why a few weeks ago, why that does not offend uh, those, those constitutional provisions. This seems to me something quite different.
2: Well, I, I assume that, 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 that any financial review board that, that you know, has responsibility over a city or a school district could, could at least try to create a, a, a similar codicil, although this is really uncharted territory. And we should point out there is not a lawsuit at this point. What happened right. was the city of Flint filed a notice saying that it might sue, and it needed to do that in order to uh, make sure that a, a deadline didn't expire. That, that would have then said, well, then, then the city doesn't have any rights to sue. So all they were doing was preserving the option right. um, to file a lawsuit at some point in the future, depending on what the state did in terms of uh, fixing things in Flint. And now we have this development, and it, it indicates that the Snyder administration and Republican leaders really understand how vast the state's exposure actually is,
0: because
2: yeah. even though they're saying that they're doing everything they can to fix things in Flint, there's also this reality that, that you almost can't do enough to fix things in Flint.
0: Right, right. Uh, preserving the option. I mean, I think that's a really important phrase that you just uh, right. said. That's a really important part of any sort of legal proceeding, right? Uh, yeah. you, you, you need to sort of signal that uh, you might want to uh, pursue uh, a legal right. recourse for something in, in, in many cases. Uh, and, and so there's nothing unusual about the city of Flint in, in this case, right. uh, with, with the, the, the many things that went wrong, with the huge involvement of the state in those things. There was nothing strange about them doing that. Um, no, it, and,
2: and, and typically when the, when, when the notice of, incent, of intent to sue is filed, it's an invitation to settle things. So it doesn't go to court. And, you know, what this means is if this is upheld and, and, you know, we don't know. We may actually see a lawsuit about the city's right to file a lawsuit, regardless of what the financial transition
1: team
0: wants. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: You know, but it's just I mean, but but it's just one more incentive um, for the state to do everything possible to make sure that all the problems that were created in Flint are are, are are fixed as much as possible because that threat is out there, and it's I mean one of the reasons why lawsuits exist in our
0: system. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Rick Pluta, the Capitol Bureau Chief of the Michigan Public Radio Network. We're talking about the story uh, today in the Detroit Free Press about the state removing the ability of— the city of Flint, to sue the state for its role in the Flint water crisis or uh, in the cleanup of the Flint water crisis. The state will be involved in the city for many years. The city wanted to preserve its option to uh, file a suit, to either uh, uh, to either to, to, to claim that the city or the state was involved in the things that, that caused the Flint water crisis, crisis or that the state didn't do enough after the crisis, to make things better. The state says, well, no, we're not going to allow you to make that decision. Uh, If you've got a comment about the the story, if you think... Uh this is unfair to the people of the city of Flint. Go to our Facebook page, WDET, or go to Twitter and hashtag us at uh, Detroit Today. Uh, we don't have phones this week. We're back in our live studio but still working on some things around here to get our station back to the place where it was before Uh, We had a little calamitous flood uh, about a month, a month and a half ago. Uh, So this week we've got to have you participate through the Internet, on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, Rick, I want to put this in the larger context of the city-state relationship. Obviously, Flint and the water crisis really highlighted some tensions that exist anyway and have been around for a long time. I think they are Mm. being pushed in a more urgent direction by the crisis itself and i think this lawsuit issue in particular really brings it to a head in 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 an important way. Mhm.
2: Well, look at all of, you know, the, the the millions of dollars that are being spent on criminal attorneys, both the attorneys hired by Bill Shooty to look into this and the attorneys hired by Governor Snyder in order to uh, protect his position. Now, yeah. you know, those are are criminal, not not civil, but I think it speaks to just how large the stakes really are. And, you know, now limiting the city of Flint's ability to go to court to uh, either um, get a court order directing the state to do something or things vis a vis Flint or, you know, seeking monetary damages or both.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Rick Pluta, Capital Bureau Chief with the Michigan Public Radio Network. As always, Thanks for clarifying the issue with us on Detroit today.
2: Well, always glad to come talk to you, Steve. Yeah,
0: uh, we'll have you back next week when we're back at full strength. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Uh, up next, we are going to talk about uh, cities in the in the state of Michigan. In particular, we're going to talk about the city of Ferndale, uh, a library millage campaign. Uh, what's going on with that. But then we're also going to talk with uh, Tom Avaco, the administrator for the Center for Local, State, and Urban Policy at the University of Michigan about this relationship between cities and states here in the state of Michigan. Stay with us on Detroit Today.